Yeah, it's that time. It's that time to do the show. Ben Ennis and Sam McKee are here. Yo. I brought you in for not the best reasons. That's well, not the most enjoyable. Actually, this is going to be... This is gonna be a bit. I don't. I, I don't like saying it's gonna be an interesting podcast. Like that's lame. <laughs> that's so lame. I would hope they're all interesting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Today, exploring the depths of <laughs> no. But I, I think we're actually at the point now where. Okay, actually, listen. May I just ask you this? Mm. Do you feel any differently? Like, are you little? Are you starting to move on from the Shohei Otani thing? Because I didn't want to bring you guys in for this particular segment. Until I felt like we had at least a couple of nights sleep on moving on from Shohei. Because I feel like in the moment, we're gonna do we're gonna do Toronto's biggest sports art breaks today in mm. our lifetimes. Okay. Mm. So we can't reference back p- beyond the year two thousand. Okay. Like I just I think that our childhood memories, like that far back, are are too they're they're not real. That you didn't have the real perspective. You didn't sports couldn't hurt you that way yet. But do you feel like you've had enough time between the Shohei signing? And now to properly contextualize it, or at least close. Um, yeah, I feel stupid. Like, I feel really stupid. Yeah. Wow. Like, really stupid. And not for maybe the reasons that some other people think I should feel stupid. That, you know, like, I paid attention to the media narrative. And like, oh, I was tracking airplanes. Like, I did that. Like, I didn't yeah. feel stupid for that. Yeah. I feel stupid. And, I, boy, I can't imagine how Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins feel mm. on the stupid level. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel, I feel used. Like I feel stupid for having a, a, a enough, a, as much invested emotionally in what I did on Friday and Saturday. Dude, this is in literally like a, you're a, you're in college and you woke up and the person beside you is no longer there and you're like, oh, my oh God. I thought we were in love. Like yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. we were getting married. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, no. Oh, yeah. you just broke up with your boyfriend yesterday and like you texted him the picture yeah. of us, like and that like just yeah. to get back at him. Like this was revenge. Like she's this. probably so busy today. Yeah. That's why she's not texting me back. <laughs> no man, like <laughs> she's a lot of errands to run. She's got through a lot of stuff. I I know she's like yeah. I think she got a sick pet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, God, and especially like after the news of the deferred payments, and it's like, oh well, obviously, yeah, okay, yeah, like he that. he wanted the the Dodgers all along, but also it's like, well, what you you can't do seven hundred. We thought like maybe six seven hundred million over. Ten, it's not seven hundred million over ten years. It is in today's dollars, like less than five hundred million dollars is the equivalent. Yeah, I, it's quite possible that the Blue Jays had a better financial package in front of Shohei Otani. I did read that people strongly believe that Toronto was negotiating the same kind of deferment package, which to me actually makes this one even more heartbreaking because one of the biggest questions with the Blue Jays was if you sign them, are you ever going to be able to make another move? Like, will you? Doesn't doesn't that mean that Vladdy and Bo are automatically gone? Doesn't that mean that the first sign of trouble, they just shed payroll around the rest of the team? And to me, the way that I'm choosing to interpret this is, is not so much the, the feeling used as it is actually the, the heartbreak of what could have been having the greatest hometown discount in the history of professional sports. I, I think it was just that he was on the team. In my mind, yeah. Shohei Otani was a Toronto Blue Jay. Yeah. There was a yeah. – we did a, a, an hour of Real Kipper and Born on Friday that I talked about yesterday is the saddest time capsule of all time because yeah. it's like from – Think about when it was. It was from four to five. Yeah. 
It's just like that is when we tru- time. we yeah. truly believed that he was a Toronto Blue Jay. Yeah. And it's just hard to wrap your mind around the fact when you get that convinced about something and the fact that it's just you wake up and it's gone. It's just really hard to fathom and I'm really not close to over it. So like it really has scorned me. Yeah, dude. I, so I have 11 things and some are honorable mentions, but I figure that in honor of sports radio, we would end up with a Mount Rushmore. Rank them? Oh, yeah. Right. Okay, I like that. That we would end up with a, a hard Mount Rushmore that we would, we're chiseling these ones in, you know, to the stone of these are the most heartbreaking things that happened to us. I think because of that, Shohei is actually there for me. Like, I think, I think Shohei is on my Mount Rushmore. <sighs> Just because I, it's, it's, there's recency bias, but that's we're making this list in recency bias. I know that's why that's why this I'm is, saying this to you is guys, also a time I don't know, capsule if, of I don't this know if I have enough time. Yeah, I, yeah, sure. Okay, then fine. Then we we can agree to meet again as a committee. You know what? This I, is actually a great audition. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. Let's, uh, I, I I disagree. Um, yeah, I, I disagree. Um, and I, I've, I put a lot of thought into my list. Okay, yes. and this is a really good addition, by the way. The way if we can be civil, that someday we will end up on the North Star. Committee. <laughs> the Northern Star. Yeah. You don't even know the name of it. So yeah, you're not yeah, on the committee. You're right. You're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks. I hate it here. I didn't want to be a part of your stupid club. He's like, I can't wait to be on the Lou Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, every year I have to actually look that and go, that is Lou Marsh, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there was briefly yeah, a yeah. Sportsnet's own like Canadian Athlete of the yeah. Year award. Yeah, I just I don't know. Northern Rising Star. Right? It's a it's a very prestigious award. Uh, okay, so yeah, I, I have to, to me the the reason why Shohei is there is for what Sam said is that I had so many phone calls with people and I had like I had friends that I hadn't talked to in over a decade. People that I knew from high school messaging me, getting in my DMs, asking me if this was happening. Like I was, you know, like I had the manifest. Uh, but the, the, the responses of he's not coming here just to have dinner. He's not coming here to say no. Mm-hmm. And, and the implication of Shohei coming here, I went over it yesterday, but just what it would have meant to Toronto and the inferiority complex of this city when it comes to sports and being the only Canadian franchise the, the way that it would have excited this fan base that is at, I don't want to say an all-time low, but it's at one of the lowest I can remember, especially for a team that actually has won a lot of baseball yeah. games. But yeah, since the start of this era of, yeah. of them being yeah. good. Because let's not lowest. go nuts because I've, I've been, yeah. I've lived through some some yeah. dull Buddy, times before 100%. 2013 and boy, 2013 is very much on my list. Yeah. But, okay. So that's interesting. Yeah, I don't even have it. Oh um, my but, God. No, I can't. I actually do have it, but I, 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 I couldn't pick the one moment but oh, i have an actual moment okay yeah I, is it opening day <laughs> no okay. i mean that's yeah. um, it's on the list but Reyes like i was getting hurt it was i went so that that season uh pretty early on had a road trip to detroit and i went yeah. yes. to that series with sportsnet producer thomas dobby we went to the i think it was the josh johnson game mm-hmm. where they lost 11 mm-hmm. one and josh johnson got hurt and emilio bonifacio wasn't able to make a routine yeah. play at second base. Like Prince Fielder ran out yeah. a routine ground ball at the first base because Emilio Bonifacio didn't yeah. know how to play yeah. the yeah. position. I remember this. I'm like, to say I remember this. Yeah, thing. I know. Oh, yeah. No, for me, like, I, again, yeah. like, that's maybe you actually just too this personal. Up, I, 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 like, I can see it. Oh, yeah. It might be a little too personal for yeah. me because, but like. No, but that was a bad one. Yeah. No, it was so bad because I felt like, oh, 
I'm the reason I care about sports is 92, 93, mm-hmm. and and okay, and and the excitement that existed around that team uh, at that point. The wilderness wandering that they did in the subsequent 20 years, I was like, oh, the, it, it'll just, they'll never even play a meaningful yeah. September baseball game. And mm. then you had, like, manna from heaven. It was impossible. They went from that that garbage team that existed for 20 years to World Series favorites overnight. Mm-hmm. And the, to have, like, not even one moment. I no. mean, I guess there was a moment. They had an 11-game winning streak highlighted by Munenori Kawasaki where they got back to 500. But, like, to know so early on that you could never dream on that team, mm-hmm. again, for me, that, that was the team that created me as a sports fan. And I just wanted some reason to expect, like, some sort of meaningful baseball at the end of the season and, mm-hmm. and to go from a team that had was literally Vegas favorites to win the World Series to, like, the first week of the season understanding, oh, yeah, this is all fool's gold. It's yeah, garbage. Yeah, I, I I would say that for me then it's opening day because that's the, more of the marker of Yeah, but that opening like, day yeah. I was like, okay, so, oh, yeah. J.P. Aaron Seavey is not going to catch R.A. Dickey. No, They're it, doing this just, this one just, day. Yeah, it, was just, it was just such a deflating. If I think about, like, the most deflating moments of that season, that was actually well, shockingly did, little. Didn't they score one run and it was on a Adam Lynn yeah. hitting into a double yeah. play with the bases? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, no, dude, it was a nightmare. I, I can still remember the crowd shots because that was the first time where people were like really back in the ballpark oh, in, yeah. a, in a serious I, like I don't think they had sold a home opener in a while I like sold remember. one out and yeah. that one was just a, a party yeah and it just the shots of the people well. in the <laughs> seats going what the hell is this is Ari Dickey bounced his 34th ball past oh my God. Yeah, and just going bad. like hey is it gonna be like this forever yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey that's this is like a one-off situation right yeah, I was like no uh that one wasn't okay uh, all right, so I'm going to go through the honorable mentions, but I just, yeah, to me, I, I will say, spoiler alert, I have Shohei 4-5. So basically by the end of this list, I want to see whether okay. or not we bump him out or whether we put him in. But yeah, the, the the feeling of having him, the connectedness that we felt in that one hour, mm-hmm. what it would have meant for this fan base right now, what it would have meant for the country in terms of selling baseball, what it would have meant for our careers, what it would have meant yeah. for just the the entertainment product, like everything, yeah, everything. You have Eighty-two home dates where Shohei yeah, yeah. Otani. Yeah, it's just is like it's it. it just yeah. I, I and then seeing him give the be like, I'll just take no money for ten years, whatever. And maybe we didn't want, maybe he's just a buffoon. He's like, I, he's no, a big I think, time buffoon. No, this is you most, don't want him on your no, team. I, 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 like I tweeted this yesterday. <laughs> What's the world gonna look like? Yes, yeah. <laughs> I tweeted this yesterday, but I really do believe that. This this is exactly like this is the pure jealousy. Anybody that's hating on the Otani thing now, because you would every fan base that has ever bitched and moaned about mm. a player that asked for too much money or that mm. didn't prioritize winning and the team. And I know everyone's like the Dumbo take is it's just because he's trying to avoid the taxes. It's not, he's yeah. not a good guy. It's yeah. like, yeah, um, he's going to avoid the taxes. I think that this is a pretty clear situation that the guy very, very much wants to win. And if yeah. you understand money, like even in the slightest, mm. You should know that, yeah. That have you not been paying attention to your grocery prices lately? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. no, no, I know. I, and listen, there's definitely a part of that. To yeah. me, I did view it slightly differently. Like, certainly, he wants to win, and the, there's still a CBT. There's a mesh. Uh, to, like, the, he's they're getting charged forty eight million dollars a year, yeah. which is an all time record in yeah. Major League Baseball for a, an annual average value basis for an individual player. I. I'm sure there's a component to it. I do, like, I am reminded of uh, everybody's conversation around this thing before it started. It's like, yeah, the money, but, like, not the money money because, like, he doesn't use the money. It's not yeah. about the money to him. Yeah, and he to hangs me, out inside and reads. Honestly, <laughs> this, 
it, it, it makes me think that this is all about the agent and getting the headline $700 million oh, think, 10 year deal when it's not, it. in fact, that at all. Yeah, like it's you just, have to have the number. That was the, That's the thing. I yes. asked Bowden about this yesterday. Yeah. How much of it is, is just the sign of respect of we went up to $700 million, even though. What, they've already calculated this thing is actually worth what? Yeah, like, less than five hundred yeah, million. Like so that's why, like, they're bucks? getting yeah. dinged for forty-eight yeah. million dollars a year over ten years because yeah. there's an actual formula to yeah. understand how much seven hundred million dollars is worth over twenty years instead of ten, yeah. and mm. it's four hundred and eighty. I can just tell by the tone of this conversation that yeah, Shohei's should be pretty high. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. Listen, I I yeah. think it's Zag, high. It's Zag not high, King. but I don't think it's num- You guys are right. sports talk radio hosts in this city. Yeah. The four. We're doing a Mount yeah, Rushmore of heartbreaking got... things for this town. Yeah, this is this is higher than to me a lost game because this is this is like uh, what you just said. This is ten years of promise of a baseball player, right? Uh, this is ten years of promise of potentially okay. one of the greatest but it's baseball not players even, ever. And it, like, like it, you, you it win makes, a game, it yeah. makes building the team and winning games like almost yeah, yeah. secondary. It's like imagine you could go into a season where it's like, man, you'd sure like to to win more often than not. But it kind of doesn't matter because it's a it's a scene either way, and there there's yeah. a relevance factor so, for the next part of a decade. So one of the things I like, obviously, that's on the list is Vince, and part of the reason, like I I was thinking about Shohei and how it's mm-hmm. like we really haven't had that since Vince Carter, where we would have been the epicenter of the sports universe for a sport where people mm-hmm. would have gone, even if you're not good, we need to be able to see. This guy, like you could have had another Vince Carter, which the Raptors have, or, or like no team in the city has had. Like you could make the case for the one-off MVP year of a Josh Donaldson. Like you could make the case yeah. of the Kawhi, you know, flash in the pan. But I'm talking about like a, a elongated yeah, stretch. Austin Matthews of scored 60 goals here. Yeah, but Austin Matthews was never the greatest. No one ever thought he was the greatest player on earth. There was always yeah. a slight debate that he was between him and McDavid. And then, yeah, I know he won a heart, but no. But the, yeah. the point is is a good one that like okay, you were but, promised 10 years of that. Like yeah, uh, baseball yeah, like, is yeah. not a national entity or like sorry international it's not a continental entity right like we mm-hmm. pay attention to our individual markets in baseball and this one happens to to be 40 million uh people strong so that's mm-hmm. good that's why the tv ratings are good but like sunday night baseball doesn't do a big number nationally there are two things you care about your own team and what did Shohei Otani do yeah. tonight yeah 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 and it's like you're every single day it's like oh Shohei Otani it is 45th home run of the season. Oh, Shohei Otani's working his way back to being in pitching form. That's the, your part of the conversation yeah, yeah. for the next decade. Yeah, um, there's just always reason to go down to the ballpark. Okay, so I'm going to get into my honorable mentions, and then you guys tell me if I left something out that's from your list that would mm-hmm. be in the honorable mentions that you don't think is like clearly in the top four, or I'll just mention if you say, hey, you missed this, I'll be like, yeah, it's in the top four. Um, and you tell me if maybe you think any of these should be higher. And I, I will say there's a caveat to this. Uh, I have two thoughts on when I was putting together this list. One is I know that some of it is related to my age and how I was heartbroken. Like, again, this is personal to me. Yeah, of course. That's I why the some... 2013 Blue Jays are, like, at the tippy top of my okay, list. Okay, yeah, that's – okay. So I didn't even have the – I had the 2013 Blue Jays in honorable mentions, but I didn't have, like – I just had the 2013 yeah. season as, like, an overall heartbreaking thing. So I have – it's it's relative to, obviously, my life. But also uh, I did – I, I put less of an impetus on the whole what was the ripple effect thing. Because mm-hmm. I, I You're just, just like, in the moment, how did we feel? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, honorable mentions. Chris Bosh signs with Miami Heat and helps create the big three after not opening himself up to a trade and basically teasing Brian Colangelo, telling him that there was a chance of signing him when they had clearly made up their minds, in fact, had made a documentary about the yes. three of them coming together. 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a definitely honorable mention down the list. Yeah, yeah I, I have great. it at the bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, great yeah, job. Not, not on amazing, my Mount Rushmore. All those amazing Chris Bosh moments as a Raptor, I just I'll never forget. Yeah, I think it was more like the <laughs> the state of the fan base yeah. was always that, and also yeah. it was more hey, you didn't trade him, and then you what, lost. What's him your for... favorite Chris Bosh Raptors memory? Yeah, good good question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, continue. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting pummeled by Dwight Howard. Yeah. <laughs> just absolutely hammered, going, "Wow, that's what a really good player looks like." Uh, this one I should have probably had a little higher, but LeBron sweeps the Raptors in 2018, but it's most specifically game one. I and, have and the, the game one on yeah. there too. And like, yeah. honestly, I, yeah. If I put myself back in that moment, it feels like it needs to be higher. Yeah. It, Cause it, yeah, obviously we had no idea what was to come in. I got a lot of things on this list, buddy. So, so. but I, yeah, but that, and that team had made a conference final before in the, the, the weirdest yeah postseason run of all time, but it was, it was LeBron and it was the most yeah. beatable LeBron. Everybody was beating LeBron that year and you couldn't even take a game off. And it was like, how many rebound attempts, tip in attempts did they have at the end of game? Well, one? JV had a wide, first of all, it was Fred that had a wide open look at the, at the three mm-hmm. and then JV had a perfect tip in. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those games where, you know, this is going to overtime and you're dead. And that once they lost that game, that the series was over, the Raptors got completely beaten into submission. DeMar yes. DeRozan was benched in the series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dwayne Casey was getting yelled at by Masai Ujiri yeah. publicly in the, yeah. I feel, I, I feel like, the, I think taking this out of like a higher ranking is as a direct result of them winning in 2019. Cause I feel like if 2019 doesn't happen, this is, we're not talking about honorable mansion. I think you're doing the thing that you said you weren't going to do here. No, I, 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 cause I have actually multiple but other Raptors things above it. So I think, so was that that's the series where the singular moment where they actually played excellent in game three in Cleveland and LeBron hit that like absurd running yeah, to the his end left. of Dwayne Qua- uh, Casey. Yeah, over, yeah. Over yeah. Top, yeah. Oh, oh, oh you can inbound it yeah. uh, full court. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, we didn't yeah. uh, we didn't pick him up full court. The more, heart, the, more <laughs> the more heartbreaking one to me is when I thought they had a chance. When they won, when it was the series was two really? two, yeah. and then it went to Cleveland, no, but, and they won. Oh, you and they thought, won by you like thought we, you thought we oh had a chance? God. Of course, no. I thought we had a chance. Oh, yeah. Of course, I thought we had a chance. Charles Barkley yeah. had the correct take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. Yeah. No, never forget that game five is one of the darkest yeah, game, Raptors game five. Ever. It's drinking a beer. That's what's going to No, but game five by eighty in that game. There were there were there were two hilarious moments for me in that game that I'll always remember. Number one is right away. Kyrie threw an alley oop off the glass to LeBron. Like it was an all like it was an all-star, like it was an all-star game. That's how seriously they were taking the Raptors. But number two was there was a big contest that was run for flying in a bunch of Toronto fans into Cleveland. Oh, and right. they kept yeah. having to bring up that they won that contest and showing the fans oh, in their seats yeah. with their signs. And it was just that. like it was over from the second oh, LeBron God. showed up to the arena. Yeah. And those poor fans had to wait because part of the deal was that they got the flight back. It was like a private jet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, you have to stay here. You have to sit through the whole game. There's no leaving early and yeah. going to your hotel. You're getting on a flight at the end of this and thinking about how sad that Brutal. flight would have been on the way home. Brutal. Anyway, I have that as an honorable okay. mention. Uh, next, Curtis Joseph signing with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, this is this is way higher than this okay. is on my Rushmore. Okay, this is on your Rushmore? 100%. Okay, that's interesting. I, I don't think it can be. But here's the quote when he signed with the uh, Red Wings. I'm excited about the Red Wings organization. Obviously, we all saw what transpired not too long ago. Everybody knows Detroit is a great team. They're used to winning, and the future is now. Probably a year ago, I couldn't have seen myself playing anywhere else, but Detroit is a very unique opportunity. Everybody who plays there says the future of now, that's enticing. There's no guarantee that I'll go to Detroit and win the Stanley Cup, but I'd like to take the opportunity. End quote. Yeah, he... Uh, Buddy, 
I'm stunned that this is just an honorable mention. No, this, this is, is the saddest yeah. I have ever been when I was I was, was very sad. I told you I cried in a grocery yeah, store parking lot. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I, like, this destroyed me. Yeah. There was not many things that I can remember in my Toronto sports fandom in my life that made me more upset than Curtis Joseph leaving for the Red Wings. Mm. Like, that truly, truly crushed me. And I'm not even a goalie guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's was, the he was goalie the reason, guy. So he that's was the part of the reason everything. you cried. They, they stunk those years, and he would just mm-hmm. kids carry them to 2-1 wins every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're he the was losing franchise. You're always going to be the losers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think to this day, if I had to do my all-time athletes that had the greatest impact on me as a sports fan, Curtis Joseph is unquestionably in the top four. Mm. Like he's my number one Leafs goalie. Like there's a part of me that's like, Eddie is the well, one he was who there for us. you know, like those, those, I was going to say, you know, those, uh, I, I'm not the dad, but I'm the one who stepped up yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Post where no, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where it's, it's, it's the stepdad with the kids. And you're like, this is, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, yeah, that's me. That was Ed Belfort in his leather jacket yeah. <laughs> and standing next to me at, at my, you know, school play. Mm. And he's like, don't worry, son, I'll take care of you yeah. now. Cause mm. he did shepherd it. He deserves more respect, but d- deep down Cujo is always my guy. And in fact, I, I know you guys know this story. I don't think the audience says when I first met Curtis Joseph, I called him Cujo mm, and no. it was the most, I, I've, I've almost threw up in the <laughs> elevator with him on the way up. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't speak anymore. Hey, and Cooge. I, dude, I saw his face <laughs> when I was like, Hey Cujo. And I just saw like, he was here to do media and he looked at me like, Oh, this. And I went, cause he's expecting the next part of this to me be start gushing about what yeah. he meant to me. Yeah. And instead I just climbed up, but it was just a quiet, sweaty oh, elevator ride. God. It was yeah. gross. Yeah. It was really That's gross. Horrible. That so, should yeah. be on your Mount Marsh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. <laughs> JD calls Cujo, Cujo to his uh, face. Uh, what's next? Jeremy Rona goes bar down in overtime in 03. Yeah. Yeah. For like in, there's a different thing with in game or whatever, <laughs> but it was just that era of a team. Mm-hmm, yeah. You knew it was like Kinda done over. and yeah. yeah, they were, they were like a real wagon of a team mm-hmm. and they had their number. The Leafs stole game one of that series. McGillney had an empty net hat trick, but the big one there was like, it was just, it was such a thrilling, exciting yeah, because sequence. Tucker. Yeah. On, on. And McGillney went, oh, sorry. And then Sunday. And it the just bar. like, it was like over. immediately. Yeah. That was it. It was, yeah. it was Sundin had a big opportunity. Tucker had just eviscerated hardest Sammy Kapanen. Maybe the hardest yeah. in NHL history. Yeah. We were all cheering. This was at a time where we... We enjoyed we, that. We didn't know what was going on, all right? We didn't <laughs> we know. We enjoyed those things. Yeah. We were very happy seeing the <laughs> Kapanen crawl the bench shots, all right? Uh, Can we just admit that it was yes! a different time? Yes. I yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a, we yeah. all did. And then all of a sudden, it was just over. And there's something about an overtime loss, too, where... You're just you're you're staring out into the abyss, and you're like, something will change here. Mm-hmm. His foot Some, was in the crease. Yeah, someone, someone, <laughs> someone's gonna come from somewhere and say that this isn't right yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel too badly. So I don't have that one too high. No, I think it's in honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, like you could you could talk me into you could talk me into that being a Mount Rushmore, but I don't think it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, I have 2016, the Ryan Merritt game. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't even hear. Can I say something? I thought about not even putting this on the list um, because I I do feel as though the more heartbreaking element was actually earlier in the series was Mm. when they had an opportunity to beat Trevor Bauer when he cut up his finger and they got to the bullpen. But I I do think that what sucks is the the Blue Jays had Jose Bautista's bat flip moment the year before and he was a god in the city and we never thought anything was going to change. And then he hit us with the shaking in his boots comment and then... Merritt shut down an offense and, and it was just sort of a 
we know this is done moment. And Sammy, you and I were at that game together. We saw game and so, four and five. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and, and there was a cool, there was a cool um, Jose chant in that game and an Eddie chant. So there was like an appreciation for these guys. So I wasn't as heartbroken, but I was just deflated knowing that this was all well, over and done with and that we were like this chapter of the Blue Jays had closed. I'll, I'll hear the argument for this one depending on on where you've got some of the other like if you're going to do that no, no, like I, I just, feel I'm like there's other there's other recent like even more recent Blue Jays heartbreaks than that that I would put higher than that just because like not only were they down 3-1 in the series, but also like that yeah, that it. offense had proven that it was no good, right? Yeah, like they yeah, just barely yeah. got into no, the playoffs, it. scoring no yeah. runs at the end of the season. And yeah, okay, they, they shocked the world by beating the Rangers yet again yeah. in a, a postseason series. That's but, why I didn't even know if I was going to include well, this on the list because I, I think that we were all just sort of happy to be here with this run. Yeah, like this, it wasn't this, 2015. No, no, yeah. 2015. I did just we'll we'll wait for that. But okay, so maybe I'm just taking <laughs> okay. So uh, so 2015's in like actually ranked because I do think there's other yeah, yeah. recent Blue Jays uh, heartbreaks that should be honorable mentions, but not okay, ranked. So wait, uh, what do you, I mean, so, how are we like? I know. Uh, no, hold on, just one sec. I was gonna say, please tell me because I'll tell you right now. I don't have any other ones on the list because I think like I originally put Barrios. And I went, no, that's not no, heartbreak, no, that's no, anger, no. Yeah. you know? No, no, no. And then I, I went through and I was like, I didn't... Buddy, game two against the Mariners in 2022 is is not on your list? Like, they were up... Uh, they, they were up 8-1. Yeah, it was 8-1. <laughs> I say Oscar Hernandez had hit two home runs. They had Kevin Gossman on the mound. Mm-hmm. They lost the game in I guess which I was the, just so the, angry. the center fielder was was taken off on a cart I'm because parsing. he collided with Bo Bichette. I'm parsing, but... To me, it was just, I was so angry and upset and dismayed that it wasn't like I was heartbroken. I do, I don't know. I just, that one, it didn't, I, like, I, I accept it on the list. I think it's definitely a good honorable mention. Uh, it's I was the, on my honeymoon for that. <laughs> Ruined my honeymoon. Yeah. Um, if This is a non, this is a very niche honorable, honorable mention. Blue Jays? Yes. Yeah, okay. But one that came up in my mind when I was thinking about this. In 2021, which yeah. I think is the yes. best version. Yes. Of, I was, no? This is I was going to talk the, about the, 2021. I think 2021 is the best version of this yeah. Blue of Jays. Marcus like, Samuel. They were unbelievable. That offense was great. They were peaking at the right time. It was that Red Sox game against the Washington Nationals where the Jays had done their business. They killed the Orioles in three straight games. And then there was that game in the later in the afternoon where the, the, the crappy Nationals were up 5-2 going into the seventh inning or sixth mm. inning. And I think they scored, the Red Sox scored five runs in the last three innings to go ahead and win that game and knocking the Jays out of the playoffs. And to me, this that version, mm-hmm. I think that team was going to win the World Series. You can't I, convince me otherwise. Like, they were you, peaking at the right, they were 100%. so hot. My, Their offense was so there's incredible. There's not a, a person that like, was following that season that didn't think if the Jays get into the yes, playoffs, they're yeah, going all the yes. way to the World Series. And yeah. it's just like, I think back to that, like I watching the last whatever years of this team, I'm like, God, that 2021, I always think about that 21 <laughs> I mean, team. I don't know if you can do this, this is like retroactive heartbreak, but of course, like I go back to the Tigers game in that season where Marcus oh Semyon throws away out number 27. The Jays miss yeah. the playoffs by yeah. one single game. Like in yeah, the moment, also, you're like, that was yeah, devastating. Also, what was he, like an eight-war player that game? Yeah, yeah they wouldn't the have won eight home runs yeah, yeah. by no, any that's, that's second baseman yeah. in, blue, I hate in bringing it up. Yeah. baseball history. Yeah. To me, the, the moment of that season was Yankee the Garrett series. Cole. Yeah, yeah. Garrett yeah. Cole versus Robbie, Robbie Ray. Ray. Hey, this is it. This is for all the marbles. This is for the Cy Young and the playoffs, and then Robbie Ray stunk. He stunk. Got and it was up. basically the, nobody was sad when Robbie Ray left because flat out that. because of that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and and like Gossman came in right away, and so it was basically mm-hmm. the two guys. But 
Mm. Robbie Ray, it was it was kind of, hey man, thanks for the memories, but yeah, pack your stuff. <laughs> See you, bud. Yeah, you you lost that game to the Yankees, and yeah. I don't think it was ever the same after that because it was a, a, an awesome ride with Robbie Ray. Yes, and then the Yankees out of nowhere. Yeah, just like kind of a, a trade that people made fun of in the COVID season. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're gonna get the guy with a hundred walks yeah. per nine. Okay, great, congratulations. Yeah, yeah it turned him into a Cy Young Award winner. Yeah. Uh, so only two more on my honorable mentions list. Then it's my top five. Uh, so then we'll. Uh, next one up, Marty Jelen scores an OT of game six and O2. Uh, the Canes bounce the Leafs in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's the lowest scoring six game series ever. Yeah. The Leafs limp out of there without, with six goals in six games and three overtime losses. Uh, that is my, if, if, Young me could mm-hmm. step into the studio right now. He'd be like, "There's you're such a liar because one. you were like you couldn't get out of bed. Like you were you were depressed. Like you didn't know it, but you were and to you have know. the well to have the moment yeah. where Sundin ties it. Yeah, right? exactly. Where yeah. it's like they're down, they're they're out. It's over, and the puck <laughs> lands on his stick, and he shovels it into the roof. Bonesy, mm-hmm. what was it? Bonesy's call, and he's like, "Dude, don't tell me about heart and determination." <laughs> the crowd's going bananas. It's yeah. like, yeah, that is one of those like signature moments of my youth. I sicko watched, like I went and YouTubed mm. sicko and yeah. yeah, I, just, yes, yeah. yeah. I remember working at the AMC theaters during that series and getting phone updates from my dad. Phone yeah. updates? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I So it, anyways, it came down to these final two and, okay. I got, and then the next one is Leafs Blow 3-1 series lead to the Habs. And specifically like, yeah, the Alex Galchenyuk game. Yeah, that was really bad. That's yeah. really bad, and that's. I think that that would be in my top five, for it, sure. It, it isn't in my top five just because I do think that when it was all over, yeah. and and hey, all credit to Habs fans. I'm not like listen. If I would have, if the Leafs would have beat the Habs, I never would have let any of my buddies live it down. I'll take it until the day I die. I I gave out so much crap when the yeah, Leafs were in the series. Like this, this is not a discredit thing whatsoever. But when it was all said and done, that you know North and bubble yeah. and all the things, it didn't really feel. Legit. No, the thing that we That's all told point. ourselves yeah. in the moment, I think, yeah. is probably true. That, like, if you were going to have the greatest championship celebration in the history of this city, you'd probably not want it to happen in that season, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, That's I it. Think, I think, just, uh, that's it. It's like it, it would have... The whole two Stanley Cups take that I had at the time of like you win the North and then you win a Stanley Cup and yeah. it's a double dipper. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't think, think that's a good take anymore. I don't think so either. I yeah. think it would. I, I don't think it would have held up. Um, I think about in that series. Yeah. Uh, game six is what sticks out to me, where they tie it late. I think it was T.J. Brody scored mm-hmm. late, and then they Sandine with and, a turnover. Dermot. And then they yeah. filled in the Habs yeah. for that first ten minutes of that period. I think what did Carey Price make twelve saves in the first yeah. half of that? Like it was he was unbelievable. And they come down. Travis Dermott tries to spin around, but turns it over, and <laughs> Cook and Yemi shoots it in the net. Yeah, not like I remember. I, mean, I don't even like thinking about that part though, because the actual more heartbreaking moment was to see Marner and Matthews be like, "We tried our best, uh, mm. <laughs> and then, we got lots of shots, you guys." And then we had, and then we subjected yeah. those poor nurses yeah. to the game oh seven. My god. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, game nurses. six was the first game with fans in, in attendance, my, yeah, right? Yeah. And then yeah, came back the Habs, for game seven. Yeah, the Habs had them, yeah. and then we copied them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we copied them. Yeah. We did that. Okay, so those are my own. Anything left off the – because I, I think it's pretty clear there are five that I've got left in mm-hmm. here that I'll do after the break. But is there any honorable mention yeah. that needs to be done? Just because uh, this year – 
Argos this year really stunk. Well, yeah, but I so I was just trying to include ones that were more across the board that yeah. every single well, person would have felt. Of. But yeah, Argos for me personally, this, yes. You and I when we were sitting there and I was crushed. Yeah, like both. I I've been to a lot of big games with you. Yeah, that's just neither of us talked. No. That's, that's uh, when I knew it was serious was it was just like it wasn't talking and then neither of us watched the Grey Cup because it was just too sour. Sundin in Vancouver to me as a visual yeah. and the way that played out sucked. I cried for happiness tears though when he scored. Well, yeah. Backhand, down and like I, you are a diehard Sundin guy. I'm a diehard yeah, Sundin guy. Number like, one leaf. Number he's one my leaf. favorite hockey player yeah, of no all question. time next to Sid. I love Sundin. And the way it played out with the not waving the trade de- at the deadline yeah. to stay with them and then not signing all right away and then going to Vancouver and the way that the market treated them after that yeah. really sucked. And for me, I don't think it's a top five like moment or like top five heartbreaking thing, but like it was the captain of the Leafs that had this weird maligned thing against yeah, him for a I long time. Me too. I will say though, now looking back, I'm glad because there was always rumors, hey, he could have been a flyer and they would have gotten yeah. Jeff Carter and picks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one. Was that, was that Cabriolet? Wasn't that oh, Cabriolet? Yeah, that one was Cabriolet, yeah. yes. But still, but the other team that was r- rumored to be in Habs. with was Habs. Remember that. And No thanks. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. Truly thank God. Like, Gilmore in the Habs jersey is hard enough. Dude, it's like, Sundin in the Habs had, jersey? No thanks. I think I would have had to not be a sports guy anymore. Yeah. In hindsight, that would have been so devastating for a Habs fan to have that and be able to put up images of him in that Especially, like, do you remember when we were kids, the Sundin versus the Montreal goalie commercials? Yes, it was the best. Yeah, it was the best. That ah, was like the, the Dime Nike, Nike yeah. hockey when yeah. we were kids was yeah. the hottest thing in the world. No, I, ca- I couldn't have that. Yeah. So, anyways, retroactively, I just, I had that one off. I thought about it. Yeah. I had it off, though, because he went to Vancouver and it was like, he it was, was away. Yeah. And it didn't result in anything. Except for him beating Vesitoskla back yeah, in. Right. She's and aggressively doing his, his, the move that he yeah. must have done in practice uh-huh. a billion yeah. times and that they were like, this is exactly what he's going to do. And then he did Bang. it and it was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I assume, yeah, 2015. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. That's, yeah. Right. No, I was like, no, I, 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 was like, yeah. I mean, it was game six, not game like, seven. Yeah, but. No, it's, it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's not game seven. No, it's very, very high. Okay, so no other interventions? Um, I don't know. This is in my top yeah, it's in my top. So yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, because I have because I think you guys will think it's an honorable mention, but it's in my top. So I have five tops. Okay, I will get to them with you guys after a quick break. All right, welcome back to something that you either find cathartic or unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing binary shows like that. Either it's like yeah, yeah, nobody's just having this on the background. You know, just it's it's just a, a passive listen. It's either you I like how there's definitely someone right now that was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? <laughs> They're just having a nap listening. Uh, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time for the Mount Rushmore plus one because we're going to... Mount Rushmore. Yeah, well, these are my five candidates and we got to yeah. chisel four in and the mm-hmm. other we're going to leave off. So we went over Shohei and it's in my top five. Okay. I just have it here. Mm-hmm. I've explained myself thinking that he was here the elation of that feeling, the implication of having something known for this amount of time, mm. what it would have done for my summers as someone who goes to a lot of Blue Jays games, what it would have done for this fan base in terms of finally getting off of this like horrible position of the Blue Jays stink and I hate this team and I hate yeah. this front office and ownership and all this different stuff. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone would have been finally sports united on something, which would have just been happiness, a celebration, yeah. a real moment of optimism. And we would have known it would have lasted. And not only that, it's like, I do think that part of this one, and I know I said that the future or like the ripple effect wasn't there. And we don't know what the ripple effect of this is going to be as of right now. But 
what we have in front of us in terms of a trade market and a free agent market and just how like bleak it does feel right now mm-hmm. is, is difficult. Like, you know, I want to do other trade rumor people and, you know, like I want to have Robert Murray back on this weekend. And I'm like, is it too soon? To oh, even- my God. Yeah. I mean, Mark Feinstein had a report today that they're one of the teams that yeah. is meeting in meeting yeah. with Yamamoto. I'm like no, afraid no. to I'm talk doing about this. it. I'm not but doing dude, this. Cody Bellinger, there was the post of his fiance, which was wrong. What? Which was posted was not right. Okay, but that's what that's I'm saying. I mean, false. she did she did post it, but yeah, it was not the a day of, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People yeah. doing some investigative <laughs> yeah. reporting but on that's, it. But that's what I'm saying is Shohei Otani has broken my trust. Yeah, like oh, yeah. I, I I don't know how I can ever trust again. Like can I'm I, a broken person. Can I break down where your disappointment, like where the majority of it 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 uh, it is focused on? Because is it the Friday like Nightingale tweet was. Oof. hugely disappointing, but there was still, like, for me, hope going into Saturday. Like, where does... Yeah, yeah. Does that make it worse that, like, you had your heart broken two consecutive days? Uh, or do you just view it as just one entity, the no, Friday I view and the it, Saturday? Because I view, it as, I, Friday I view it Friday very fri- differently. I did because because deep down on Friday, I still believed. Of course. Yeah. Like, I, I did. I still believed. I was crushed. I was truly, truly devastated. So it's like... Looking back at it, Friday was the worst part mm-hmm. because, like, it was, hey, he's actually, he's not on the plane. Yeah. But, yeah, Saturday I said, like, McKee texted me something like, ugh, and I went and I said, it's just like. No, I said, we're ruined. Yeah, we're I ruined. Said. And I, I said, I had to go to Twitter to identify the body. You know, I had to pull. <laughs> he knew. I had, I had to. They, they called me. And like, yeah, and they pulled the blanket yeah. back and I, and I started to weep into my mother's arms. Yeah. yeah. We're ruined. Yeah. So, and, and that's just it is, yeah. like, there was, there was so many elements of it. And I don't even view this part of it. Like, I'm not even angry. Like, I think it's people want to get upset about, like, you know, Heyman's position or others that are, like, trouncing on Toronto. And I'm going. No, no, that's par for the course. Like, we've seen that before. And who didn't anticipate that, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's not that. We're immune from that, aren't we, at this point? No, no, but but I will say that. No, but I will say that the added heartbreak element of all of this is that it's like the whole world being like you idiots thought it would happen for yeah, you and all exactly. the naysayer blue jays fans yeah. that were there all along that didn't want to do it and it's like there's some people who still believe like this is all cons- conspiracies like that the there wasn't even a blue jays push and that is <laughs> so like, you're just uh, talking about me no no no, no. <laughs> I, you what you don't believe that the offer no. was there from the jays oh i, I haven't that. heard that theory yeah. that, that the blue jays yeah. never had no dude there was interest. there was some yeah there was some that was like they knew way earlier and it was like they were hoping to capture yeah. tickets oh, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good for, plan. Even for tinfoil hat, no, Timmy no, over here, it, I can't even just, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy no better stuff. way to foment good feelings in yeah. your fan base than to deceive yeah, yeah. them yeah, and yeah. then 24 no, 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 no. hours yeah, yeah, later yeah, to pull yeah, the rug yeah, 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 out yeah, from no, under them. No, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though. It's like I actually tried to engage some of these guys on Twitter. Like, just no, a couple where I was like, yeah, let me try that. And then it's just like... You you forget that it's, it's that. there's never a person that's like oh right actually it's like whenever you engage that person because your side of the argument's so obvious mm-hmm. you go like yeah here's the complete slam dunk here's the open and shut case and they're like mm. it's like okay well yeah forget it <laughs> forget it okay so Shohei not signing here I have number four on the Mount Rushmore <laughs> Leafs lose up four one to Boston 2013 I think that this one is the most disrespected of all the Toronto heartbreaks and I I really sat with this for a long time because mm-hmm. like I mentioned if if you really think about it like the implications of everything. Oh, one uh, or sorry, oh, uh, two against the Canes um, and just, you know, the possibility of being able to get to a Stanley Cup final, that team being better, uh, all, like Cujo, all, like knowing that you had a hot goalie, knowing who you lost to, how you lost. Like, yeah, there's a case in terms of like what the stakes were. But I just I'll never forget 
This is all. This is by far number one for me. Okay, yeah. So so there you go. I was surprised to see it this low. To be honest with you. So I I have this one here because yeah, this is the only time I ever sat on a dirty street. Retrospective, like this feels like it retroactively putting it this low. Because of the fact that that well, obviously I mean, it's number that four, core, I have it on the road. Rush I know board. that that core was obviously rotten. That like there needed to be changes, and it was like maybe for it's the set ultimate up this best. Era right, 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 right. But yeah, like in the moment, yeah. oh, it's over, and it's all time like, humiliating. Like screw this era. Like yeah, like this one playoff win yeah, is not yeah. worth the not feeling like it's set of that. Up like all these one. cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But and either way, it's I like I, I told you, I'm trying to take out the hey the future, and they get Matthews, and it all yeah. works out right. Like. That was the most depressed. Oh my God. I, like I had to come into work the next day and cut clips. Yeah, I was, I. Brand, I was there yeah. with you. And we, yeah, Sammy and I are sitting in there cutting these clips, cutting, cutting Jack Edwards with, Ugh. you know, some some people who didn't love the Toronto Maple Leafs gleefully celebrating Ugh. it in the building in your face. I just, yeah, man. I even thinking about it now, like when Kadri got his, and just thinking, oh, okay. Like this is just the, yeah. the and the feeling of it was such a great off the pad rebound just hammered at home his big selling and I was like oh, oh my god my god I was at a big sports bar full of people and I I will say and still to this day I regret it I called my brother up oh, for yeah. one and my he, mom called me and I called I said why are that you yeah, calling and my brother said what are you doing and he hung up the phone on me oh yeah so you were you were my mom I was your mom yeah. I got excited well, I oh him. I definitely put, put my guard down like, oh, only, no, yeah no, I did no, I put my guard no. down I did I put my guard down I just I thought it was happening and then yeah um. Then we know what happened. <laughs> and, uh, what are you looking for? I have it as uh, the third period shots were seventeen to six. Yeah, I felt worse it was than just. That. It was. I know, but it was just. It was a. Uh, yeah, the last. I mean, yeah. as soon as they scored the second, you're like, oh, oh this is yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my god, Reimer just doing this in the net, like bringing oh, his shoulders yeah. up for some Poor reason. James. Oh, Poor James. James. Oh, it's never been. Yeah, a more. I don't know. That was dying two deaths too. Wasn't, yeah. yeah, overtime wasn't terrifying because you were like, oh, you no, were almost accepted no, your yeah. fate. But it was dying two deaths. Truly, Lupul had one chance. Yeah. in overtime where it was like in yeah. tight, and he tried yeah. to shovel upstairs, yeah. and that was it. And then they scored. Bergeron, dream haunter. To me, yeah. it was though because it turned everybody against everybody too. Like mm-hmm. again, I was I was at a packed sports bar, and it was all my closest league friends. Like everybody came in and was together for the moment. And I remember going overtime and standing outside because obviously everybody yeah. went out for hard depression darts and like <laughs> it's over and sitting on the sidewalk and yeah gloom. <laughs> and I'll never forget there was some guy that came out of the bar and started clapping and was like, "Come on, guys!" Like we were in, on the team, like we were in the dressing room and being like, "You know, they're gonna rally. It's not games are oh, over yet." And punch. I have never <laughs> seen a oh group of animals <laughs> just tear into no, this poor positive soul. <laughs> the words that were said. Oh yeah. Mm. Not allowed. <laughs> like everything, everything that was fired at that guy, he it was. Everyone pulled two barrels out and just was like, "Here, I'm gonna unload all my angst and all my hate on this hockey team." Yeah, it was just it, it was so crushing, man. Mm-hmm. And it still remains a, a joke, a punchline. It's the modern day '67 where mm-hmm. it's just like Leafs up four one. Yep. Um, it's the chant in your face. It, I don't know how you don't have this number one. Uh, because I, I think you'll just as you'll see. I just said okay. this is there. Okay. Um, and by the way, I actually should say that I I really I I didn't originally have this in a particular order. I'm reading it from okay. the bottom yeah, okay, up. Okay, okay. But yeah. and so you would rank that four then. I actually would rank it three. Okay. What's next? The next one is what I have is four, which is Kawhi leaving in 2019. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's there for me, of course. Um, I just can't separate the fact that he gave us so much with right, that and run. It was so so like. 
closely tied. Like it would like the the time of yeah. celebration yeah. was not yet over, right? Yeah, it so was, we were still kind of in. It was like, oh man, could it get any better? Yeah, and Jalen Rose like, yeah, I can. Yeah, that, so that's those are the, it, the elements. It kind of ruined the the summer. Yeah, it did. It like, changed it. It changed the the the. It ended it exactly. It just ended the summer. The yeah. summer ended that night when yeah. Kawhi signed with the Clippers. Hundred percent. It was just like the the courting of him. Remember the plant guy who gave yes. his plant yeah. and cried and <laughs> just the the Kawhi and dying yeah. and every part of the summer this the championship celebration the way that the city came out in droves for Kawhi, the the helicopter chase like it, it really felt like we made him fall in love with this place yeah. and then when he went to la it was just a oh yeah. you never felt anything for us at all yeah mm-hmm. exactly and, yeah. So, and that, that to me that's why it's worse yeah. than otani because you had the taste you know how good they would have been they would have maybe repeated the next year yeah. it's like that's well, for me all, yeah. for me it's like having it's the taste it. of it yeah. Is way like you know. I I think for me and it's way also, worse than Otani. If if this isn't enough to bring you back, like what chance do we yes, ever exactly. have? That's right? exactly like it. oh my god. Yeah, and you yeah. don't have to. You don't like do yeah. a one and one. Like do give us a short term commitment. Let's just do it a year at a time. He wouldn't even do that. Yeah. yeah, I think too the 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 day the helicopter chase day. Jalen Rose also had a tweet. Yeah. And it was the, he's hearing it was something like in 90%. No, yeah, uh, was, yeah. And 99%. Too soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it was definitely a heartbreaking moment. And I, I really had a tough time getting over it. It just, yeah, the, the championship, you got a championship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, it's, it's complicated. It's like mm-hmm. either the championship actually makes you feel worse about him leaving because you knew he, you, yes. he could do it, mm-hmm. or it and makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And they were the exact same team the next season, and they would have been just as good, and they probably yeah. would have been a him bubble, going to the Jays game. Ch- championship, so it probably wouldn't have counted anyway, but mm-hmm. still. No, but it would have counted if it was yeah, back-to-back. 100%. Back-to-back yeah. would have validated yeah. it more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. just the way I feel about it. Number two, game six, 2015, Blue Jays. Yes. This is number two. The Amish fan. Oh, it's strike two to Revere. No, no. There's. I'm going through yeah. everything that, that oh, happened. I don't, even, I don't even think about the buddy. Amish guy. Well, you should because that was early on. It didn't matter. Dude, first of all, it starts off with Ben Zobris hitting a bomb. And yeah. he's the guy that they were so horny for. They yeah. were like, everybody loves Ben Zobris. He's the guy. He hits a bomb. Then it's, I think it was Moustakis that hit that home run. That was the Amish stealing one. Mm. But if you remember... It's like, and this is why this is number two, is because it was just like everything colliding for the perfect storm of of pain. Yeah, I think it was Verducci and Reynolds that were calling that game. And when they were watching it on the broadcast, they were like, it's coming back. Like, this is coming back. They were convinced. We were convinced. And then they went, no, it's not. And then that liar kid lied to a nation, mm-hmm. two nations, mm-hmm. lied to the yeah. world. And, and bold-faced lied to the world. I was saying that, like, I, I, I just uh, apoplectic the, about it. The worst part about that is during this bullcrap interview that yeah. no one cared about in Canada, Jose Bautista hit one of the most majestic yep, home runs of all time so that's, where he hit, like, over the fountains. But this mm-hmm. is the other part of it. Bautista has a game that yeah, would have time. rivaled the bat flip like just in terms of, flip. yeah, what it was in that, like, him hitting that bomb. We, to tie it up. In the timing, like with the rains yeah, coming and the them coming not in. wanting to yeah. go to Wade Davis yeah. to waste what was yeah. at that time the most dominant reliever in all yeah. of baseball. And Ryan Madsen having an incredible season as yeah, well. Yeah, but he was, he's always, he was always shaky, Madsen. To, to, yeah. to force Wade Davis into that game in that moment and yeah. then thinking, oh, they've, ru- they've, gonna they've wasted it. him. Yeah. They've, wasted yeah, they've wasted Wade, Wade. Davis. There's no yeah. way he can go away for an hour and yeah. then come back into this game. So that's what I mean. So the the belief that Wade Davis wasn't going to come back. The part of this game that people forget is the 
Bautista cutoff throw. Yeah, no, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that, that it, like, Roberto Osuna yeah. didn't do a ton no. wrong there. He gave up one single yeah. and a walk. Yep. And and Jose Bautista, I yeah. will go Blind to my grave, throw. not, not believing that he did anything wrong either, right? Mm. Like, he does. I mean, it was just Gotta incredible scouting. Is incredible scouting, yep. advanced scouting by the Kansas City Royals. But, like, one of the... Yeah, more underrated, you're right, aspects of that game that it was like an innocuous play to score from first on a yeah, single. that was it. And so the way that it transpired and then obviously the top of the ninth, which yeah. is, yeah, the Jays load the bases and then Navarro strikes out. And by the way, I think that the Jays, the, the probability of when you have the bases loaded, no outs, is, is the expected runs is 1.5. Mm-hmm. And then even still when the Jays yes, had... Two on, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Second and third. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Second and third. No outs. But yeah, they've got second and third. No outs. That the yeah expected run probability is one point five. Then the Revere at bat happens. The horrific, horrific, horrific call. Mm-hmm. The probability dropped from fifty percent Jays winning to nineteen percent Jays winning mm-hmm. based on that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's my that's my number two. That's the most heartbreaking game that I have on this list. Yeah, I think four one still worse, but that's second. Yeah, it's tough because it is. It's still a game six, but no, in the moment. I just think this team was special, and yeah, like, yeah, we love this team. Of course, we love this team so yeah. much yep. that it, like we love them way more than that Leafs group. You know, mm-hmm. the 2013 Leafs were just uh, oh my god. Oh, I it can't was such a build, right? Yeah. I mean, starting in August of that year, all the way to the end of the season, there was nothing. I've yeah. never experienced a regular I mean. season month and a half yeah. like we saw for that team, and then it just carried it over into yeah. the bat flip, and oh my God. We thought we thought that there was going to be a World Series team. Here. For sure. Like, it, it, that's it. It's like 2013 didn't have that. Mets. That's why I have it higher. And then number one for me is the Vince trade in 04. Mm. You got Aaron and Eric Williams plus Alonzo Mourning, who we already knew wasn't going to come here to first. It was the most lopsided trade I could ever remember in my lifetime, but it wasn't just that. It was like, Alonzo goes on to the Eastern Conference Final in Miami. He cheats his way there and then ends mm. up getting a championship. But Vince Carter was... He made basketball in this country. Like, he was our superstar. He was our supernova. He was our everything. And, you know, even listening lately about how former players feel about Vince and how they felt about him in the moment mm. was reminding me of the way that it was. Mm-hmm. And just, like, he validated Toronto, right? We were the purple dinosaur, nothing embarrassments before Vince Carter. And then all of a sudden, he was here. And it was the greatest basketball player on earth. It was the guy that got voted number one in the All-Star Games. Oh, it was, was the point court of pride. side? Yeah, he was, the, he was the point of pride. And then to n- make sure that he killed his Toronto legacy... But then that they got a trade package back that even at the time was horrible, yeah. was disgusting, <laughs> deplorable, yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Go on down the list of the way that you described this thing. It just it felt like that was the day the Toronto Raptors died. And that being a sports fan of that team, like was just an impossibility moving forward. So I, I don't know. I, maybe I have that one too high. I just yeah. like the implications of that at the time. It's like and, and yet, dude, if you look mm-hmm. at it, it's like it did. It sent the Raptors into oblivion for I, I have I have. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, the only thing years. that that, uh, that uh, tamps it down for me is that it was building, right? It's not like it was out of nowhere that he would be traded from yeah. Toronto at the time, right? Like, that's the thing. Yeah, there was but no once you saw element. the trade package, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was horrible. So, you were like, who are these guys? And people were like, don't worry, Eric Williams. He's pretty good, actually. He's underrated. <laughs> um, I have to mention this quickly. I know we got to yeah. go. But I, David Ayers is in my top five. David Ayers will always be. In my I top mean, five. for me, it's a it's a number one gambling moment, no, heartbreak because I I, I, I got I, the Leafs at like plus six hundred when they were down whatever four one in that game, and and David Ayers is about they, to enter it. They lost 
to if their we were doing team most employee. embarrassing, but no, Toronto but that was heartbreaking. Moments. I was in the building for that. It's the yeah. darkest. Like it's it's right there in Lee Snow's the four one to me. It was I can't one of the put darkest a season thing. It was buddy. Yeah. He went on the Tonight Show. Like yeah. he did. Like he toured around. He was an employee of the team yeah. who mm-hmm. drove the Zamboni and they lost to him. That's mm-hmm. always been my top five. Was that the last game before the deadline too? Because I remember us doing an NHL trade deadline show. It was, a, it was either show. that or one more. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. Just yeah. So, and it painted the entire deadline, and you know they were like. Not only are they not adding, they're like taking calls on Tyson Berry. But you like, can have you yourselves remove, a Tyson Berry. But I said from the list for David Ayers. <laughs> no. Not sure. Have, we'll have to have more time to think about it. But David but Ayers will always no, be there for me. Settle. So no, Vince, it's not on the list. Vince, for me it is, 100%. Vince, game six, Kawhi, Leafs up 4-1, yeah. Shohei not signing. I, think, What's going I guess on? I'd probably bump off Shohei, okay, but so, it's six. And for me, like, I don't know if, because there's not. Is Shohei there is six a, over David Ayers. You're going to say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, to I mean, me, he, like, he never, he was never ever, oh, okay. like, listen. 2013's my personal. He's getting paid two bucks a year to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. Okay. Again. Like, he wasn't coming here. Okay. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs losing to a team employee mm. in a NHL game is worse than that to me. That was it most embarrassing. Most heartbreaking, I can't say. is like, I, I wasn't yeah. heartbroken. I wasn't, I was. like, go, I wasn't waking up in the morning being like, how am I going to go to work? No, you're I was like, like, oh, oh yeah, this team these is yeah, these guys are losers. Are, yeah. we thought they were. Anyways, you have tw- you have 2013 above those to anything I have on that list? Yeah. But what are I, you going to bump out? Like, this is my question. Is like, so you're bumping out Vince, you're bumping out Game 6, you're bumping out Kawhi, you're I bumping get, out Leafs. Like, I think I no might way. bump out six, uh, Vince. Vince. Yeah, Vince I might. I'm one. just talking about personally. Vince is not number one. But, I, I yeah. might knock out ben, Vince for me. Again, like it was, yeah, the return was obviously horrible. And yeah, it was a like See, this is how I know. You f- guys weren't true basketball fans at the time. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not I, bumping I was, out Vince. Yeah, Vince. I yeah. think Vince is, whole, Vince is yeah. like one of my Vince favorite athletes. One. He was right there with Matt. Yeah. I loved him yeah. so much. But it's not number one for me. Yeah. Either way. I, well, like I said, this list was kind of all together. But yeah, yeah, the more I thought about it, I was just like, yeah, Vince, man. It was the Vince. loser. The fact I, that people came back here and they're like, it's That's, time to clap for him. I'm like, That's give it. me a break. I agree. Give me a break. I, I <laughs> that agree. was the most disgusting take. It's like, no, oh, time he got, is healed. It's like, he no. Got, he, got 40, he got 48 yeah. standing ovations because he played with 38 teams down the stretch uh, of his yeah. career. And every time we were like, we forgive yeah, you. We, we did the softest yeah. losers. Anyways. I can't believe we did that. And then we made a documentary for him, Grange. He was amazing. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. Grange. I'll never forgive you, Grange. Great golf guy. I'm not saying No, no, I've actually never seen it. I just saw him on the thing. I'll never watch the pro but that's why it's a fun bit. That's why it's a fun bit. Anyways. Uh, all right. Quick break. Come back and uh, talk to James Myrtle. I got to say to close out that conversation. I wanted to have guys that all had different perspectives growing up in terms of sports. Right. For me, it was always hockey and basketball. One, a one B sports I cared about the most. McKee, I know it was hockey. Benny, I knew it was Jays. I actually, like, I wanted to make sure that Sammy was in here to help counter Ben, right? Like with 2013. Because I, I knew Ben would have like eight Blue Jays ones. Sam coming off the top rope to close the segment with David Ayers is one of the most four heartbreaking moments in Toronto sports history of the last 20 years. I love my boy, and it's a personal thing. But I, I think that's the worst take I've ever heard on my show. Like, and I have some bad takes sometimes. I have some where I go, man, I'd like to have that one back. I would love to redo that show. That, poof, I don't think I'll ever be able to top that. I don't think so. A regular season game against the Hurricanes as they were down. Yeah, like, nah. 
It was embarrassing. If Again, if we were doing an all-time embarrassing moments, that has to actually be number one because it, it was just, oh, for that to happen to this team, yeah, disgusting. But heartbreaking? No. Uh, get out of here. Anyways, uh, James Myrtle, Senior Managing Editor at The Athletic. What's up, brother? I'm sorry. I missed that segment. You should have listened. It was actually really good. I'm proud of that. It was a good segment. Uh, we just did the most heartbreaking moments in Toronto sports in the history in honor of Shohei Otani and thinking we were going to get him and the implication of having uh, the most entertaining and exciting baseball player on the planet for the next decade. So, yeah. Uh, we put together a little list. I think I had 11. Uh, then we did a Mount Rushmore, and McKee said on the very top was David Ayers for most heartbreaking moments of his sports fandom. <laughs> what, uh, about it, what about 2013? It was 4-1. Now, where's that? That, has that was to top four, there, right? Yeah, that was top, we, all, yeah. we all had that top four. Again, this was the most frustrating thing is I had four. I had five that I was like, hey, it was four undeniables. And then everyone was like, well, you got to bump it out. I'm like, which one are you cutting out here? Like, David Ayers, uh, greater impact than... Yeah, Kawhi leaving in 2019 or 4-1. Yeah, 4-1 I, I did bring up as this is the one that for a little while was lost to history. But if you really put yourself back in that moment as a Leaf fan, I think that's the lowest you you have felt if you're if you're anywhere between, you know, anywhere close to my age. That's the lowest you felt as a Leaf fan. I'm pretty sure that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I've, I've probably been to a thousand NHL games yeah. and nothing nothing was like that's that one. It was, it, like, was a, it, was a, it was a different kind of heartbreak. We were all in the press box booking our hotels for the next mm, round. <laughs> like, we were we were ready to go. I mean, it's just, you just don't see that. And even though, you know, Boston had been the better team in that series, they had been the better team the whole season. Toronto was kind of like this plucky team yeah, that somehow found way. ways. Yeah, they somehow found ways to win games. And But 4-1 with, I mean, what was it, 10 minutes, 10 and a half minutes left? Like, it's 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 hard to do. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, I want to do more looking back today uh, because it was John Tavares night on the Island last night, right? It was him getting his thousandth career point and the celebration and his dad. And I already went over a little bit of this on Leafs talk last night, but I, I want to talk about it with you and just have a bit of a discussion about looking at Tavares's career as a Leaf, right? Cause it, like he gets his two points and I thought, is that the second most meaningful moment that he's had as a Toronto Maple Leaf? And and I think it is. Uh, geez, um, right? I know. Spot, I, I spot a little bit. I mean, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, well, there was the game where he first went into Long Island and came back and got the standing ovation from the fans after that. Like that was kind of a, I've yeah, been going back that. and reading about that, that first time they were back in long Island, just because it's relevant yeah. <laughs> today. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I don't know. Um, there was the injury he had in Montreal, which was kind of like a rallying point around Tavares. Yeah. But it wasn't a, I, you can't say Tavares getting concussed was a Tavares moment in terms of like a positive, if, if we're saying, but the, even the fact, okay, I think this kind of proves my point though. Right. Is that th- this was it, th- this was it. Like he has the obvious, the OT goal to win the playoff series. Like that is going to be the number one Tavares moment that Leaf fans have right now. It was a spark to conversation about this is what it was all about. This is what it was all for. But he's a guy that has not performed in the postseason, particularly like he's a, he, he's not a point of game player, which he is in the regular season. I don't know how that really translates throughout time, but he hasn't been a dominant figure in the postseason. He's been a point of game guy and that's really good, but he came into the team and he dominated the first season that he was here. We had conversations about him and Mitch Marner being the best line in hockey. He had his highest goal total ever, but looking back on it, that is his only all-star game. And all I was thinking is 
Is this basically the is this the lowest baseline that you could have expected from John Tavares? Because realistically, he wasn't going to be worse than this, right? He was going to be this player. But I kind of think that if you look at his, you know, his tenure with the Maple Leafs, this is sort of the, this was sort of the floor. Yeah. You know, I was looking at some analysis of his career and where his peak was. And the one thing I saw was, you know, if you adjust for the scoring era and everything in the different seasons, his best six seasons, five of them were on Long Island. Yeah. And, and the one that was his, the one of his best seasons of his career, one of his best five or six seasons was in Toronto. And it was the first one. I, I mean, I think it could have went worse. I mean, he could have had more injuries. He could have declined more dramatically due to age. I mean, it's been kind of like a very slow, gradual decline and it's been there and it, it's, it's been so gradual that there are still fans that are like, he's still, he's still good. He's still the same. He's still got a point of game. And it's, nah, I don't, I don't think so. He's not the same player. He's, you know, he was one of the best. I mean, he was, he was nominated for the heart twice. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what he's been the last five years. It's just, he hasn't been in that conversation. I think that's correct. And, and that's sort of what I'm saying. I think you're right. It could have been lower, but it probably would have been injury related. Like he was too good of a hockey player to not be at least a solid point-ish a game player with the Toronto Maple Leafs in his, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Actually, was he, how old was he when he signed here? 29? Mm, 28? Would, Either way. I yeah. would say 20. Yeah, he was, he was not an old man. I mean, he's no, no, 33 no. now, and yeah. this is year five of the deal. So. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so he was 28. Yeah, he was 28. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, to, to me, it's like, I'm not trying to spin this as some kind of, hey, a negative outlook on Tavares or crushing him, because I, was, I, was, I just found myself very happy for him Last night, I went, man, that's awesome. Good for Tavares. And part of it was just like he gets booed in New York. But I went, this is going to sort of be a guy without country at times. Like you almost have to feel like this added appreciation for Tavares in a moment like that because he hasn't had a ton of those. Like he's always the fourth fiddle in terms of the big four. Like he's the guy that's the least discussed. He's the one that out of all the contracts, I would say has delivered the least on the actual number that he got. Like... And like, unless we're talking about, Hey, splitting between a winger and Marner and, but no, like Marner was this team's MVP last year. Uh, and I just, I look at Tavares, career as a whole with the Leafs. He's the captain, but it feels like something that was an honorary give more than it was like, Hey, this should be the actual guy. A lot of people thought it was going to supposed to be Morgan Riley. A lot of people thought that they should have eventually given it to Matthews. In fact, there was speculation. It would have been Matthews had it not been for, the Arizona incident with the the rent-a-cop. I, and I don't even know if that's true, but like it's at least things that people talked about. He wasn't like the bona fide, he's definitely the guy, he's the captain. He had the injury in the Montreal series. And yeah, his, his best year as a Leaf, his only real dominant, forceful, incredible season as a Leaf was, yeah, that first season. And so looking at it as a whole, I'm like, I wonder how that shifts. I wonder how that changes before he starts to feel like he really truly is more of a Maple Leaf than an Islander. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, he has an opportunity and we're looking ahead here and I know yeah. on the, I know my opportunities on the show, I, I often talk about the contract stuff, but I, you know, he has an opportunity to sign a real hometown discount That's the on the one. next deal. Like if he signed, I was thinking about this last night. Well, like if he signs, let's say he's, they give him, what if he just signs like a lifetime deal? What if he signs like a six or seven year contract and, but it's for like 2 million. Or two and a half million. I really don't think that that should be outside the realm of possibility. Because what, I mean, what is going to be... do it. I mean, yeah. he, I don't know. I mean, I get that, that you know, agents and, and players and, and want to want to make money for their families and all this kind of stuff. But for his legacy in Toronto, if he signs 
for a real discount to close out his career in Toronto and continue to try and win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the wild card is if the Leafs aren't competitive in that window, maybe he doesn't close out his career. But, you know, he's an opportunity. You look at his numbers, you know, he's he's in the top 100 in scoring all time in the NHL. He's got another, what, five or six seasons? Like, I, I don't see, he still can be an effective power play player for a long time. You look at someone like Pavelski, not the fastest guy in the world. He's 39. He's still out there. He's got close to a point a game. I think Tavares is still going to be. So if you're paying him two and a half, three million dollars, I think he's you're going to get value on that for quite a while, and he's going to continue to climb the list. And he's he potentially closes his career what top 35 in NHL scoring, NHL history, you know. And he could do that while playing a lot of time for the Leafs, and that's a number more opportunities for him to change the way we think about his legacy in Toronto. So if I'm him, I think long and hard about doing that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the thing for me. That's kind of where this conversation was going. like, what, what is it going to take for him to feel like, yeah, a, a truly beloved player in this market. And I know that there's going to be people out there that say he's already loved and he chose to come to Toronto. And, and that to me though, is like his major legacy point is this guy was the first free agent who wanted to come here. And there was a true excitement. Like if people can, again, remember, not be prisoners of the now moment with the way that we were looking at the $11 million at the time, this was basically a guy looking at the Toronto core and saying, I'm validating this. I not only want to be home, but I believe that being with this group of young players is going to result in a ton of success. And so the way that this has all happened, it, this is like, it's, it's not all on Tavares, but it's one of the first things people point to is they say, well, the $11 million wasn't really worth it. And, and I think it's fair and it's unfair. Like with a flat cap, the way that we look at these contracts, the disappointments that have happened with this team, you would say that, yeah, Maybe it would have been better to keep Kadri and to fill out the rest of the roster with a blue line. Like you can play the what if game because they haven't had any success. I just don't think that it's like all his fault or that he's even one of the main reasons for this being his fault. So it's, it's a tougher one. Looking back, there isn't much. And then even the Tampa goal, it just, it's taken away immediately because he doesn't score in the Florida series and it gets bounced in the Florida series. So that one kind of just ends up falling a little bit, uh, I don't know, out of our memory potentially it doesn't become as big as it it could have been had the Leafs actually gone on a run. But I think what you said there, like that's the key is that the future for John Tavares is that he can actually become a folk hero with either winning still or two that, that the next contract, he takes a huge haircut and then eventually finds a way to get close to, or even passes the number of points that he had as an Islander. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's on the table for him, yep. you know. I could certainly see him being a guy that, you know, gets 60 points in his late 30s multiple times, and he's had a really impressive career. I mean, it's been very mm-hmm. under... He, he He's never hurt. I th- someone said, I think he's missed... Is, is, is that... I think he's missed, like, 20 games in his career or something like that. Like, he's almost never injured. He's, he's a machine. Mm-hmm. You know, and the people who really know him well, he's... You know, when I was there every day and trying to get it, he's a hard guy to talk to. Like, he's a very, very quiet person, you know, but but the people who know him well to say, like, you're not going to find a better person. You're not going to find someone who's, you know, and I think the stuff with the Islanders and the booing, whatever, it really bothers him. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he really bled Islanders blue and orange and, you know, it bothers him to be hated now. And he's had to really kind of work through that kind of like psychological how strange it is to be hated by a place where you were loved. And I think it speaks to just kind of the kind of person he is. And 
you know, I know he's a very quiet leader in that dressing room. And I think that that's part of like, he's not just not a flashy person. He's not a super, super flashy player, you know? And I think that's why he kind of goes under the radar a little bit, especially when you look at his career numbers and like, he could catch people like Matt Sundin and John Beliveau and like he, you know, he's, he's had a really, really great career in an era where it's not that high scoring. I think that this is a serious case of two things can be true where he, to me, is underrated and underappreciated. But also, like I said, when you look at the Toronto legacy so far, it's very much like, all right, that's fine. He's been a good player. He's been an underrated player. But part of that is that there was such a high expectation. And yeah, he just, he has not been that same guy that was there with the Islanders. Again, with the Islanders, he made six all-star teams. With Toronto, he's made one. And yeah, maybe a part of that byproduct is he's in the shadow of Matthews and Marner and Nylander. And it's just, it's a, it's these guys have been kind of all consuming from a attention standpoint, but yeah, it's just for the captain of this team to be the fly under the radar player who kind of just does his work in the shadows. And again, it's, it's Mm -hmm. not as sexy tipping pucks in front of the net as it is watching Austin Matthews go downhill and rip his signature shot. Right. Those two things are pretty hard to compare with one another. It's not the same as watching Nylander fly the zone or the, you know, the the magic that Marner can play with at times. So I get it. It's just, yeah, I, looking back on this right now, it's just like, it's kind of few and far between of what we remember with Tavares outside of, again, the first season, yeah. the injury, the, the fights with the Islanders fans, which I think he hates too. And you can kind of tell in his play and his body language when he's out there on the ice for these ones. And then the last one is, yeah, the, the Tampa goal, which is a big one. Um, but yeah, I do... I do hope for his sake because I got nothing against the guy. He does seem like a good dude. And yeah, he just wants to play hockey. And it's all he really cares about that. He does end up on that kind of a sweetheart deal. And that all of a sudden leaf fan perception of him just changes drastically as yeah, every year he's a $3 million player, or whatever on a long deal. And he's just out producing that by a massive amount. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense, but you know, what makes sense and what ultimately ends up happening, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. who, who knows, but you know, if he he's plays the Spezza role and, and he does it for a number of seasons and who knows how long the tail is on the Leafs' competitive window, but at the very least, while they have Matthews, they're going to continue to go for it. Um, you know, so that's another, you know, four and a half years. Here's the, and uh, Tavares can ride that for a while. Here's here's the question, though, about the future contract, right? <laughs> is you, you mentioned is that you think there's a small, slight, gradual decline with the player. And I, I think it's kind of a hard thing to argue against, right? But it's a, it's also like a difficult thing to identify because of his playing style. He was never like this super fast player that we're now looking at and going, wow, he's really slowed down. He mostly looks like the same guy. And you and I were having a quick text conversation yesterday because I had mentioned to you about what my thoughts were on this game and I had some Tavares bets down. But we pointed out that, what was it? He had two goals in his last 15 heading into the game last yeah. night? Okay, so, yeah. yeah. And he gets the he gets a big goal last night, beautiful tip. And, yeah, gets so I guess that's three and 16. But a lot of it is just, like, what they do with him on the power play now. Like, he's just, he's not a, he's not a goal scorer with this Leafs power play. So how much of that is actually impacting, like, the way that you're feeling about his game right now? Because you would make the case, again, from a goal scoring standpoint, like, hey, maybe he's slipping, but then when you just look at the power play stuff, when we call guys merchants and we kind of criticize some people that only score on that unit, he's getting all of his goals the other way. Like, where are you at in terms of the decline and what you think the future is going to look like for him? 
Yeah, I think that that's fair. It's interesting that they're not running the power play through him as much. I mean, I think almost probably to the detriment of the power play. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why he's not getting more touches from down low because he was so deadly there last year. I mean, he was a big part of why they had the second best power play in the league. So um, I haven't seen that discussed by the coaching staff, but they made a change where, you know, it's really running through Matthews, Nylander, Marner are touching the puck all the time and, and really trying to set up the guys on the flanks as opposed to Tavares down on the doorstep. And maybe that'll change, but you're right. I mean, I, I think that my thoughts on him being a productive, useful player, but I mean, you know, if, if he's making two and a half, three million, you could put him on the third line as a left winger and, you know, on a show, you know, like if he's playing in the Robertson spot, making two and a half million, I think you're getting value there and he's going to be a, first unit power play player, even if he's not the guy that the unit's running through for for a while, just with his his hand-eye and everything in front of the net. I mean, he's always been so deadly just with, like within, you know, below the dots, like in the crease, and I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I mean, you, you watch, look at JVR playing with Boston, and he's still so effective, even though he can't move the way that he used to, and players like that tend to have a shelf life. Keith, you know, Keith Kachuk was like that. Lots of guys, the good net front guys tend to, to last for a while. Yeah, I, I'm not as convinced that he's going to move to the wing anytime soon, given just how dominant he is in the faceoff circle. Well, like, they don't have anyone else to play second-line center. I yeah. mean, if they did, then they could think about it. Like, when Ryan O'Reilly came in, it was telling the first game that Tavares was over on the wing. Yeah. I think that was more still, in hindsight, looking back at it being like, hey, let's experiment here. Let's see what we have. Let's also get Ryan O'Reilly comfortable and have him, yeah, feeling like he's contributing to the offense as well rather than, hey, this was anyways in any way going to be the long-term future. Like, if they re-sign Ryan O'Reilly this past offseason, if they're successful, I don't think Tavares is on the wing. Like, he's again, he's 62% in the face-off circle. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. have to take that it, out of it, there. It's more coming back in his own end and sure. skating. And, you know, I mean, there's a reason why they're hardly using Tavares at all in overtime. Yeah. So, he's got, by the way, last year he had 18 power play goals. That was the most in his career that he's ever had. Yeah. This year he's yeah. got one. So to me, when, when we're discussing whether or not there's a decline in production at the end of the year, and when we look at the goals, I, I think that it's going to be pretty important to note that at least. And his ice time is up. Like he's, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's been crucial to this team this year. And yeah, I think he's going to be moving forward. Um, okay. So, but the last, I guess, part of the Tavares question is l- last night I was, I, I, I ended up leaving the game thinking, what do I really think of these line changes? What do I really think of these line shuffles? Because now we've got a bit of a sample, right? Where they've broken these things up. Because there was a moment where it was just, hey, the Tavares line is the number one line on the team. They're giving this team the most. It's Nylander, Tavares, and they've unlocked Bertuzzi. And it kind of feels like now wherever Nylander goes is the top line and is feeling like it's playing with more force. Matthew's 11 shots last night. He and Nylander have had just a couple of these games where it felt like they're, they're peppering the other goaltenders. But where are you at just in terms of the decision to shuffle up these lines and what they've seen so far from the two groups? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, Matthews last night was a force. I mean, yeah. some of those highlights are just ridiculous. Like, you can probably put those up with some of his best, if you wanted to highlight his best shifts. And they, he just didn't find, didn't put it in the net uh, on some of those dominant shifts. So he, he looks like he's back and, and not kind of, I don't know what was going on with Matthews, but he was just kind of like listless and you didn't notice him. And like, he had some really, really tough games there over the last, I don't know what you want to say, seven or eight or something like that. Um but, but, you know, it hasn't turned for Marner, and that line, that line's the one that you're worried about now. Yeah, so it does feel like Nylander's a little bit of the catalyst. And I really like Nyes, Matthews, and Nylander. Like, I think you got to keep it together. I think that 
I, I notice knives a lot more. Um, and they're just, they're fun to watch and they're effective. So I would keep that together. But the concern is, are you getting enough from, you know, Bertuzzi at this point? Like, I know he had that blip where he was productive, but now he's kind of like back to you don't notice him a lot. And he's on pace for like 27 points this season and he's making five and a half million. So getting those three guys going a little bit more is going to have to be important for them here. You know what my Bertuzzi thing is? I feel like when he came here, everyone was like, this guy's going to score 30 plus goals again, right? Which he he did. Uh, right? He had a season in Detroit, I think 2022. Not, yeah. yeah, not last year. Yeah, but, but yeah. I think that there was like a belief in amongst the fans that that's who he was. But if you really no. watch Bertuzzi's play, like he wants to score in front of the net. There's no doubt about it. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. But he's not like some guy, some sniper who's ever like going to step into a shot. He likes making plays. He likes passing the puck. And that's actually my concern with the Marner and Bertuzzi on the same line thing is I feel like Bertuzzi loves setting up his teammates. Tavares doesn't feel as aggressive as he used to be. And maybe, maybe, maybe not. Like, but that's just to me. And maybe it was just like part of looking at it last night. But yeah, I feel like it's, it's a weird, it's a weird fit those three players like they they just don't I feel like they need another guy who's going to be more willing to rip a puck like a more aggressive shooter on that line yeah I could see that so I don't I don't know what their personnel who do you flip there I well, mean, their I, other I, offensive guys don't mean so it's just like no no shots ever <laughs> it's like well, I guess you could put knives with those two and try to throw Rutuzzi up I think I would actually take a look at that yeah yeah like just switch it up know that your personnel isn't going to end up working that way at some point. I don't know. Maybe they want to give it a little bit more of a shelf life. Maybe they want to see it for three, four or five games, especially when they're racking up points. But I, I yeah, I, I guess where I was going with this is I feel great about wherever Nylander is and I feel great when it's Nylander and Matthews. And I don't want to mess with that right now because Matthews has been a beast. But yeah, I think you need to see a little bit more from the second line with more consistency, especially given how good Tavares and Bertuzzi were looking when they did have Nylander with them. Well, I mean, how many games this year has Marner been Marner? Like, I mean, you said, yeah. you know, last, like last year he was their MVP and he just hasn't had a lot of magic this year. Mm-hmm. Like he just, there aren't a lot of shifts or periods where you come away and like he was their best player. How many games this year has he been their best player? Maybe two. Like may I, I don't know if I can name them either. I mean, like it's been, he just seems like he's in kind of like he's playing like he does in the playoffs where you just don't notice him and that's not his game. Yeah. I think that you obviously give him the best player award against the Kraken where you had the hat trick. Right. And I think that the game right after that, he had carried that over and was still pretty brilliant, but yeah, you're right. Ultimately he has not been the the same guy as he was last year. It, it's been a huge, huge, huge issue. And I thought that, yeah, like last night he was pretty invisible again for large stretches. Like he had some moments early, the, the drop pass that drew the penalty, but outside of that, I wasn't like, oh my God, like look at all the like the Marner magic that we're seeing here tonight. He's just he's been fine ish. Been good ish. Wouldn't say that this has been a spectacular year or like if we you know, imagine flipping him with Nylander in terms of what we'd be discussing if this was his contract year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I've seen some people on social media have been sending that to me. Like, how how come you're talking about how much Nylander's to get and not how much less Marner's gonna get? <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it's because their contracts are up in different years. So, I mean, I, next year is going to be the conversation. There's going to be the talk all around the Marner and Tavares contract. So mm-hmm. people can get ready. 
once the Nylander one gets done, it'll be on to the next one. Yeah, if he's still here. Okay, so uh, last one for me today. It's going to be Martin Jones. What do you think the Leafs need from him? Because I, I've been making the case that I think that they need more than league average goaltending with this team. Um given like their numbers on five on five, but so far they continue to keep finding ways to win games. Like they've got a tough schedule coming up here where they play a ton. So you would assume that he's going to get the net a few times. Like, I I guess, yeah. What do you need and what do you expect? Well, I mean, I think you're going to be disappointed if you want league average from Martin Jones, because his track record's pretty well established. I mean, even like you look at his numbers with the Marlies aren't good this year. So I think if you get an average performance, you're excited about it. The, the thing you can say for Martin Jones, he's been in the league a long time. He's won a lot of games. He's won a lot of games where he's given up a lot of goals. So I think the best thing you can say is he's experienced. He's not going to get rattled. He's not going to be moving all around the crease as much as Samsonov. So if the Leafs can lock it down a little bit better defensively, maybe they'll be okay. You know, I, I don't think Martin Jones is going to be a disaster, but he's, a, he's definitely a below average NHL goaltender. I mean, there's a reason why he ended up in the minors this year after you know, so long as in, in the league and it's, it's deceptive with him because you can look at his win totals and, you know, there were years where he won a lot of games, but he wasn't the reason he won in, in San Jose and then Seattle. Um, so I think, I mean, so this is going to be a tough one. The Rangers are a dangerous team mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, Leafs coming off the back to back, you know, and, and the Rangers can be hard to score on too. I mean, like you you got to deal with, you know, quick played on Sunday. So they're going to get arrested Shesterkin. They're going to be facing, you know, Panarin is hot right now. Uh, Trocek and the Rangers have, I mean, the Rangers are, are legit this year. They got, they're, they're a contender. Like look at that blue line. Like they're four strong there. Um, and they can come at you in waves offensively. So, you know, the Leafs need to show up. Otherwise Jones is going to get exposed here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, at least they've got a lot of points right now. <laughs> at least they've got a lot of points and they've found their way to kind of give themselves a little bit of padding for them to get their goaltender back. But yeah, uh, I kind of had a bit of a similar thought. Uh, James, we got to run. Thanks for doing this again today, buddy. Okay. Thanks, JD. James Myrtle, managing editor at The Athletic. I really hope Martin Jones is a positive story. I really do. But yeah, I, I think that there's a little bit of framing of his getting to the Marlies in the first place as what a stroke of luck for the Leafs. When in reality, it's like, no, might've just been appropriate that happened. But yeah, good luck to him. I hope that he ends up holding the fort. Uh, quick break. Let's come back. Hit what we missed. Okay. Quickly, before I get into your guys' stuff, one, make Monday night double headers a thing. You know, what's a good way to spice up again. And we thought we were getting trash. We thought we were getting garbage. We thought we were getting Red Hawk garbage. And then it turned out it was not Red Hawk garbage. It was gold. And I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention from the jump because I was doing Leafs talk and there was Raptors game on, so I was trying to give a little bit of attention to, you know, watching the Raptors miss a bunch of shots and lose another game. Had to watch it. Had to, had to see the Raptors. <laughs> Just, what's the point? Like I said, I'll say it again. What's the point? What are we doing here? What, what, is, what are people watching this for? Like, I got to ask you. Like, if you get tickets, I get going to a basketball game and you can see the other team play. Um, if you are covering the team for money, if you're Blake Murphy, if you're Will Lou, you know, you, I get it. You, you got to do it for money, for a livelihood. But if, if you're just like a Raptors fan and last night television was on and you sat down in front of the TV and you said, yeah, forget it. No, Leafs, 
Tavares night, okay, I'm not a hockey fan. I got it. I'm not a football fan. I got it. It's like, enjoy your family. <laughs> you know, sit down with your kid. See how their day is going. Have a nice meal with your girl. Take her out to a nice dinner and say, you know what? I know the wraps are on tonight, but baby, you're my priority. Let's go eat pasta somewhere. Let's go to that cocktail bar you couldn't wait to see. Like, what is the point of the Raptors right now? What is the, What are you watching it for? Like, do you need to see more? Is there something that you're being convinced of? Like, what, what is it? What, what is the thing? What, what's the thing that you're watching for right now? You want to see if they can, you know, swap out uh, Jacoperto for Precious Achua, if that's going to change the starting lineup? Like, these are conversations we're having. You want to see if they can put Gary Trent Jr., uh, who Armin thinks is Gary Payton. Like, that's his version. Again, it's like, oh, man, we got put Gary Payton 2.0 in the starting lineup. Then things are going to work out. Like, what is the point? What is it that you are watching it for? Because I do this for a living, and I keep trying to come up with angles. I don't like ignoring the Raptors this way. I love basketball. I just said that my most heartbreaking thing was Vince Carter leaving, and I had Kawhi in it. I had two Raptors things, top four. For me, personally, in my lifetime, I care about the team. I want them to do well. It's... To me, when it's played at the highest level, it's my favorite sport to watch. And I can't figure out one thing to talk about them outside of this whole starting lineup thing where it's like, who cares? <laughs> You're shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. It'd be one thing if they were a semi-relevant team, but it's like, this is the most depressing death march of all time. Not owning your first-round pick, watching the guy that's responsible for that first-round pick out the door, Jakob Pertl, just be like, whatever, as a player. The most whatever guy that I can imagine. It's like, you, you picture... The word whatever, and you see Jakob Pertl. Definition of average. Just so painfully average and so not a fit with these guys. It's just, it's, mal, it's malpractice that this is the team that was put together and that people have to watch this for this long. And I get it. You have to because besides not just going to panic trade for our viewing pleasure. But yeah, what is the point? Anyway, so I check in on Monday Night Football. I think it's going to be trash. I see the scores originally. It's like 7 nothing Packers and 7 nothing Dolphins. And I'm like, yep, this will be fine. Who cares about this? Don't need to pay any attention to this. This will be a highlights or a little bit of casual end of game. Hopefully hit some gambling. Two Monday Night Football games is red hot. I adore it. I don't think that they should do it every week, right? I like it when it's a real beautiful, they should schedule this thing out. And I know that this is the whole point of the NFL is they suck, but if you're going to cram the Giants down our throats every single year, you know, if we're just going to get nonstop NFC East forever and ever and ever, if we're just going to get this many New York Jets games, and I know we thought we were going to have Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. If it's always going to be like Chicago Bears that we're putting in these time slots, teams that nobody wants to watch and like the markets are still going to matter, then when you're doing the equation of do we think this is going to be an awesome game or do we think this is going to be us trying to get the max amount of television ratings because it's the New York market or it's another one of the big markets, then give us the double dip. Give us the secondary option. I know they'll never do it, but that would be the, that would be the best. I love yesterday having two football games that both came down to the wire was incredible. And yeah, if you're Dolphins, I've been saying you're frauds all season long. I've never believed in you, but I was surprised by the DeVito stuff. Although I knew that I knew the Packers were in trouble when, when DeVito's agent showed up in the, the 1930s gangster outfit, the, the all black with the hat. It, that is the Danny, De, uh, Danny, I keep calling it the Tommy DeVito story. 
is one of the most fun things that we've had in sports in the last couple of years. Like it is incredible because we lost Josh Dobbs. Okay. RIP Josh Dobbs. It was a great run. I appreciate it. The pastronaut, all of the things that came with Josh Dobbs, the, the initial surge with the Vikings and going, wait, is Josh Dobbs the future of the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, people have called him like the Jeremy Lin of football. And I go, yeah, it's kind of that where it just, it's the insanity, but just immediately to pick up the pieces of us losing Josh Dobbs swooped in DeVito doing his, the, the, the hand movement. I swear to God, Giants fans like this guy so much that he has murdered their draft pick in cold blood. He is just, they had this beautiful draft pick. Every Giants fan on the planet thought that they were going to get Caleb Williams. They thought they were going to be a top five pick. And Tommy DeVito came in there and told his agent, the, the gangster, kill this draft pick. Kill the draft pick. Murder it. Murder it right now. And the agent was like, done, done, and done. The Giants are playing with more heart. Look at the way that you can always tell with a team when they're buying into the quarterback is how the receivers, like, and how the team interacts with the quarterback. And these guys are just all doing the hand thing. They're all around DeVito. They're all just dapping him up. They love this guy. This guy is fully in. The shots of his family are perfection and, like, as if we couldn't get it any better, they add the agent to it, right? Like, we were already fine. We already had Tommy DeVito's family. They were perfect as is. We didn't know. We didn't know any better. We didn't know that there was this agent out there who had that hat and was like, I have been dying to break out this outfit. I've had this outfit. I don't know where I was supposed to wear it, but you're not going to believe this. My client, who we never thought was going to play an NFL game, he's in there, and he's, he's dropping dimes, and he's electric. He's, he's not afraid to run the ball. The one pass he threw, I think it was to Hodges in the corner. The, he just, he's, he's on the run, and he rips it. I was like, is that Aaron Rodgers? Is that Aaron Rodgers? I know that he's not going to be a long-term solution, but yeah, just having him in New York. Big win for Giants fans. I actually, I, I should check in on one of my buddies who's a big Giants fan who lives down there and see how he's feeling because all I know is that Giants fans that I have, it, they just wanted the pick. Giants fans wanted the pick. They wanted the pick. They wanted a tank. They wanted a tank. And now they've got this guy who's just a, a complete sensation. Who We're, we're going to remember this guy. He's going to go down in the Pantheon actually with another uh, great Giants QB, Jared Lorenzen. Like, he's going to go into the, we're never going to forget you. We are never going to forget you. And uh, uh, there's nothing we like more than bringing up old athletes that you forgot about and then talking about them for five minutes. I'm with a guy and going, like, remember this guy? And you're like, yeah. That's why even the bad Toronto sports memories was kind of fun. You remember like, oh, yeah, Cody Franzen. And just saying the name, you can have like a 10-minute Cody Franzen conversation with a buddy. The question is, when is he going to play for the Eagles? Why do I say that? Nick Foles, Gardner Minshew, all these backups and eventually end up on the Eagles. So that's my question. Hmm. I think that you guys will probably run Hertz out there a little bit longer. <laughs> You'll probably give him a little bit more of a runway. But either way, I, I, I think the DeVito story is great. And it's fun, too. I like seeing a stadium actually cheer for winning. I, I'm, I'm a tank guy myself. Like, I, I will admit that I'm a toxic fan in a lot of ways. Like, I want the tank. I want the draft pick. I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, move on, move on, move on, move on. I, and that's partly built in because I've been a Toronto sports fan where there's been, there were way too many years the Leafs not doing it. And then they finally did it and they got all these young, exciting players. And it was just immediate validation of what you wanted for this entire time during the salary cap. And then same thing with the Raptors, even though they 
they turned it into a championship, but it feels like they're doubling down on this thing that rarely ends up happening. But it is just fun. There's something awesome about watching an entire stadium just really enjoy something when their team isn't winning a championship. That it's a reminder of like the ring culture that we have in sports and how it's so unenjoyable, everything that doesn't have stakes. That's why football's so great, by the way, though. It's just it's the only sport we have where just your team can win on a Sunday, they can win one game, and you can like really just feel like this immense amount of joy and not have the big picture involved all the time. Anyway, Monday Night Football was awesome. Uh, so did you catch, sorry, did you guys catch the end of the Titans and Dolphins, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I watched, it, it's funny because I, I watched the end of the Packers game. I actually had a parlay that got broken, but I will say, Coward's parlay hit this week, and then also I posted a video on Twitter and Instagram. I like Tavares over on shots, and I like Tavares to get two plus points at plus money. Both hit. Wonderful stat correction for Tavares. I watched him get more shots than three. I knew he had more than three. And then like two hours after the game, they went, hey, we admit that the, mm. the, the, the Islander scorekeepers were screwing him out of shots. They didn't want to give him any credit. They were trying to take it away from him. He had those shots. I was worried they're going to take that last point away. No, thousand. the point that Because I couldn't there. tell a lie. No, they no, hit no. Him, That's it, it, it. The second... The second Morgan Riley pointed, who's right there at the net, you knew that that was going to be a goal. But yeah, anyway, then I, I, I actually had to kind of, so I finished the Packers game. I was upset. I was like, ah, oh, stupid Packers is if you lost this game, you losers. And you knew when they didn't convert the two-point conversion that DeVito was going to go down there and just find a way. He was going to find a way because the guy was playing great. He was really playing great. Plus the Packers defense has always been fraudulent. Like it's like one of the, the mainstays that you can always count on is, the Packers defense is going to have a bunch of guys that their fans say are amazing. And then you watch them play and you're like, these guys are bums. Um, sorry, but they get gashed. That was an embarrassing drive. Like that's a third. What? That's actually, is he the third string quarterback or is he the fourth string quarterback? Technically. Anyway, whatever. It's just like the one guy that gets burned on the out route. You're like, what are we even doing here? The Packers. Anyway, it's nice to see the Packers be embarrassing again. That was nice. Cause everyone's getting all crazy for the Jordan love stuff. And uh, yeah, to I fall hate the into your uh, dolphins uh, hate as well. Team. I don't hate the Dolphins. Oh, sorry. You're like... I don't respect them as an actual here. contender. Mm-hmm. I think that people keep lumping them in with those top teams in the AFC. And I, I've, I'm on record saying that in the AFC, there's three teams. There's not four. And one of those teams is the Buffalo Bills. And I don't even think they're in a playoff spot right now. Like, it's, it's just... It's, it's three teams. It's the Ravens, the Chiefs, and it's the Bills. Those are the three teams that are going to... Like, that's what's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Well, before that Dolphins uh, Titans game last night, teams down fourteen with under three minutes left. JD mm-hmm. were zero and seven hundred and sixty-seven since twenty sixteen. Yeah, so historic comeback or uh, collapse, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah, right. that's zero and seven hundred and sixty-seven. Yeah, that's a stat. It's a good one. That's a good stat. That's a damn good stat, dude. Made up for damn. that song coming back. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, idiot. <laughs> Uh, okay, what's next? All right, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the rest of the Chiefs were pissed off after Sunday night's game, or Sunday's game, excuse me, after Kadarius Tony got called for an offensive offside. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Reid had some things to say about it. Patrick Mahomes was upset. Mahomes did end up kind of retracting how he acted. He said he regretted how he acted, but what was your takeaway after seeing the NFL reporting that Kadarius Tony was actually offside four times throughout that game. Three of them went uncalled. Uh, do we have Mahomes' apology? Yeah, play. I got it. And obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. 
Um, but uh, obviously can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And um, so I, I was uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that, that that was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. All is forgiven to me. I, I, I really, I, I did. I had lost respect for Mahomes. Uh, talked to my brother a lot about it. Talked to other football fans. I know it was like, everybody had the same consensus thought is dude, you are a full blown crybaby. I think we all like, I don't think anybody loves Mahomes. The guy, I don't think that anybody's like a Mahomes is so cool. He's like a, he's like a plus plus Russ Wilson in terms of he's corny, like, but he's not that bad, but his, <laughs> he's got his brother in his orbit. I, I, I think his wife is totally fine. I, 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 w- I wish I had a, if I had a lady that pulled for me like that hard, I would marry her too. Are you kidding? She's incredible. She'll like pour drinks on fans in the stands when they trash talk her husband. She's, she's in their faces. Didn't she call people poor one? Like she's the man. <laughs> she's so cool. I love Brittany Mahomes. Like you would pray for a ride or die like Brittany Mahomes. It's everyone's got it all wrong just because she's loud and it's a little cringy. It's like, I wish so bad. Do you know how awesome it would be? You had a girl that was in your life that was just like, that was not afraid to scream from the mountaintops about how you're her man and like everybody can shove it. The brother, I can't defend him. <laughs> I can't defend the brother, okay? The brother is the brother, but the, the wife is, is awesome. I, I, I'm, I got tons of time for the wife. I'm jealous as hell. But yeah, Mahomes is like a little corny of a dude. Like, I don't think anybody loves him. I think that people sometimes think, I, I think he's at least, I shouldn't say people, I'll say me. I think he can be a bit of a crybaby sometimes when his guys make mistakes. He does. He loves doing the surrender Cobra on his helmet whenever his receivers make a mistake. He, he does kind of show up as players, but he's one of the greatest who's ever played the position, and he's certainly the greatest in the NFL right now. Like, any other rece- any other quarterback with this group of receivers right now is, you know, two wins. <laughs> These guys are bums. This is a bum squad of receivers that they've got here. They're killing them. They're costing them game after game after game. So to, to bitch and moan that much about what was obviously a penalty was embarrassing. And I said it right after that him going to Josh Allen was actually the cringiest part about it all was like him going to Josh Allen. And instead of just saying, Hey man, good game. You were great. Giving him the credit when he beat Patrick Mahomes and robbing him of that moment and making it about you. I think that's like a LeBron thing to do. And I, I think it's embarrassing. That's the worst thing about LeBron, right? Like he'll make everything about himself. Like Jokic beats him. And then he's like, I might retire. It's like, okay. You know, it's like, it's that level of crybaby behavior. And my apologies. That audio from Patrick Mahomes was from 610 sports. Casey, the drive. Nice. Good yesterday. call. And JD, I want to ask you though, would you feel like it's all good if there wasn't those three other offsides like during the game? Like, does yeah, that no, change I, how I, you feel? I, yeah, I, that doesn't even really change. Cause I think it was some more sympathy when I heard that. Cause I'm like, if something's not called throughout the game, how are you going to call it on the last play? Like that. Would, oh, so that's interesting. Playing, that was your angle because to me, it's actually the other way where I'm like, dude, they let you get away with it so many times. Mm. And now finally, this is the thing too. They threw the flag before the ball is even in the air. Like there's an outcome. It, anyway, I just, it, 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 it's, it's stupid to, to cry this much. So, to me, anyways, all is forgiven. Mahomes is a competitor. He hasn't had a laundry list of this kind of over-the-top behavior. He is the best quarterback on planet Earth. I don't want to hate his guts. I already have Shohei Otani to worry about hating. I don't need another guy. I don't need another guy. So Patrick Mahomes, you went on the radio right away. You apologized. And you you know what the best part of a good apology is? Is when you apologize for what you should be sorry for. And he nailed it. 
So good for Mahomes, all is forgiven. Subscribe to the podcast, leave five stars, share it on socials, and I will see you tomorrow.